Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Daydream and Listen podcast. My name is Krista. I hope that you guys are all doing wonderful and that you're having a really nice day so far. I'm doing pretty good myself. I feel like today has just been one of those days where I have a to-do list going and one by one I'm just crossing everything off. So that feels good because truly the previous couple of days, I don't think I have done a singular thing. Um, Like my days off, I really don't think I did anything but lay around and cook and maybe clean up after myself a little bit, but like nothing productive was done. And that's okay. Sometimes you need days like that to recover, especially after the previous busy week I had. Um, I talked about that in last week's episode. But this past week, um, things were a little bit more tame. I still had a good bit of things to get done. You know, Valentine's Day happened. Um, I... I haven't done one of these in a couple of years, but this year, one of my best friends asked me to draw a portrait of she and her boyfriend for Valentine's Day. She was going to give it to him as part of his little V-Day gift, and I was like, oh my gosh, of course, I would love to do that, but I have to admit, and I told her this, drawing couples or just like drawing portraits for other people truly gives me the most anxiety ever. It makes me so petrified. I think just because there's a ton of pressure, like, I don't know, whenever it comes to my portraits, I don't really make them super stylized. I end up going the more uh, realistic route. Like, I try to make the drawing look as realistic to whatever the reference photo is, and I don't really choose to be stylized. I don't know what, what that says about me as an artist, but yeah, so she was like, could you do a portrait of us? Here's this picture, such a cute photo. I was like, of course, absolutely. And so yeah, I did some practice in my sketchbook and then I went ahead, went straight on the illustration board and I was so afraid because I hadn't done a portrait for someone in such a long time. Like nowadays, if I draw, it's just it's just little fun sketches. Like obviously, if it's for my work, it's more like graphic-y and like a specific design, but anything that I draw for fun is usually just like, I don't know, it's usually things that I'm like, oh, this would be cute as a tattoo, or like, I saw this person in a magazine, let me just, you know, draw them in this super stylized way. But anyways, she was texting me over the past couple days that her boyfriend loves the drawing and whatnot, how appreciative she is of it, which makes me very happy. But I wonder if any of you out there are creatives, whether you're an artist or something in that capacity, no matter how many times people are like, I love it, this looks so good, you're so talented, like they're giving you all these compliments, no matter how many compliments people tell me, in the back of my head, I am always like, "Mm, they're just saying this to be nice to me, they're lying to me. That is genuinely how I feel about this portrait. Like, I don't know what it is about the drawing and the pressure of drawing my friend and her boyfriend, but I just am like, no, she's lying to me. He's lying to me. There's no, 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 no. It's not that good. It's not that good. It could be so much better. 
And I hate it because I'm like, Krista, just accept the compliment. Like they're probably not lying to you. It doesn't look like trash. Is it your best work ever? I don't know. That's debatable. Is it your worst work ever? Absolutely not. Some of my first drawings that I ever did are laughable because of how god awful they are. Like my drawings of various celebrities. This is a tangent and I will keep this short, but I feel like I should mention this while we're on the topic. There was a time when I was first getting into drawing and my first thing that I was really into drawing was portraits of celebrities. Like I would basically take my favorite celebrities, find a picture of them and try to draw that with just graphite. Adele was the first one I was obsessed with drawing Adele. Any, and this was during like the 21 era, any chance I could, you know, find to draw Adele because I think just like her, she has such beautiful eyes and like really, really pretty makeup. And I just love drawing her. And I remember that I spent so much time on this one Adele drawing And this was probably the first time that I spent a lot of time and effort on a specific drawing and I was determined to make it look as realistic as possible. I would be that annoying art kid in, this was like early high school, and I would be in like honors bio and we would have a break or like we would finish up class early and I would whip out my little Adele drawing and start drawing it. Um, or like the beginning of class and my teacher's going around and passing out papers and she comes around to my desk and she's like, oh wow, that looks really good. And you better believe that there was a part of me doing that for attention. Like I would whip out my latest drawing in class right when people would be around me just so like if I felt good about it, I would show them. If I felt bad about it, then like obviously I would hide that thing. But yeah, I ended up giving that drawing to a boy that I was trying to impress at the time. Of course, the things that little old Krista did for boys. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really pissed that he has that drawing. Or I, like he definitely threw it in the trash. It definitely still doesn't have it. I would, I would lose my mind if he still had that drawing. Um but I'm really sad that I gave it to him. I should have kept it because it was like my first drawing that I was really proud of. And I guarantee if I saw it today, I'd be like, that is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyways, but yeah, I used to do that. And with this same boy that I was trying to impress, he wasn't an artistic guy. Like he liked to draw kind of in his free time, but he wasn't like taking art classes and he wasn't into it he wasn't trying to pursue it but I would literally on the weekends draw in my sketchbook and send him pictures of my drawings and I'd be like can you guess who this is and I remember there was this one drawing of oh my god this is like so dated and embarrassing but I drew Austin Mahone I think it was Austin Mahone I don't think it was Justin Bieber but I remember the swoopy hair I want to say I was drawing Austin Mahone and a lot of you listening to this are probably like, who the heck is that exactly? Um, he was, I, I don't know. I liked him at the time, I guess. And I went to go draw him and I thought like, this is like a pretty decent drawing. And I sent it to the guy that I was trying to impress. And he told me like, 
he didn't think it was that good. He was like offering me all this constructive feedback and I was just not taking it. I was so so angry I was like what do you mean are you blind like this is a good drawing I didn't say that to him but yeah I I really went off on a tangent didn't I I'm sorry guys anyways um but life has been pretty good (laughs) that was so random I'm so 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 sorry but you know classic daydream and listen Krista going off on random tangents Anyways, for this week's episode, I just want to talk about a whole variety of things. I want to talk a little bit about fashion stuff. I want to talk a little bit about just some random lifestyle things, a bit of pop culture. This episode is just going to be a menagerie. It's it's just like girl chat, you know? We're going to be going through a variety of topics today, so let's just get right into it. I think first, let's talk about fashion-related things because... I don't know about you guys and where you're living right now, but spring just seems to really be on the horizon. I keep feeling like we're in March or April, and then I have to remind myself, oh no, no, it's still February. Like, we're at the end of February, but still, normally, the weather is just repulsive at this time in New York. Like, usually, it's just awful snow and blistering cold, but the other day, it was 66 degrees outside so I mean like it it comes and goes in waves like today it's very gloomy out and a little bit chilly but it's by no means winter and like I've grown up on the east coast my whole life and I know an east coast winter when I feel one and this is this is not it which I can't really be complaining like obviously I'm deeply concerned about the environment but I can't complain because I Even still, I'm over winter fashion. I love fall fashion. I love spring fashion. The transition months are my favorites. The extreme months, summer and winter, don't like. So I am really looking forward to some spring fashion trends. And I figured we could talk about a few that I've been paying attention to. Now, I've been a big proponent of personal style for a long time. I think I've championed that a lot in this podcast. Um, And I'm still going forward with, you know, wanting to embrace my own personal style with every season that is to come. But that doesn't mean that you can't still pay attention to fashion trends and maybe consume and partake in a few fashion trends. It's still fine. Um, But, you know, all things in moderation. I am very much so sick and tired of like, like continuous micro trends and the people on TikTok especially being like this is in this is out for spring 2023 here are a list of like the biggest spring 2023 fashion trends that we're going to be seeing and or they're saying like this is out this is in I don't like that kind of extremism because to me I'm like I don't know I I just think with how quickly the trend cycle has just cycled through like a lot of trends i'm seeing nowadays are very reminiscent of the 2010s and i'm like that was barely even a decade ago at this point and now we're seeing a lot of those trends make a resurgence like yes y2k is still a big macro trend and now we're starting to go into like indie sleaze but all of the macro or i'm sorry all of the micro trends like they eventually come back and to me i don't feel as inspired or fulfilled by partaking in 
wearing a ton of microtrends. So that's why I'm a little bit more selective and I just kind of choose microtrends that I'm like, yeah, this fits within who I am as a fashion connoisseur. I know that sounded very formal, but like, it's true. Like, I'm only going to be partaking in trends if they really are speaking to me and who I am as a person. So the first trend that I want to talk about that I've been seeing this for a little while now, but I feel like in spring, we're just going to be in full swing of this. So it's the whole like ribbon bow type of trend, as well as the rosette trend. And I feel like you're either one or the other. You're either a rosette girly or a bow girly. Um, Obviously, like you can meet in the middle and be a bit of both. But I feel like people are either one or the other. I happen to be a bow girly. Always have been, always will be. Which is kind of ironic because my middle name is Rose. And so for me to not be a big rosette type girl, I think I might be you know, I'm not really doing myself justice. Like I'm not staying true to who I am. But anyways, I feel like this trend specifically, the fact that both of these embellishments or like both of these um, like little additives to fashion are relevant at the same time totally takes me back to my middle school years because in middle school, I feel like the girlies were either wearing a bow or a flower in their hair. Or if you had something on your shirt or your dress or whatever, it was either a bow embellishment or a flower embellishment. And it's so funny, my oldest sister and I were we were participating in this trend pretty heavily. I was the bow girl. She was the flower girl. I always wore a bow in my hair or had something bow related on my clothes. And she was the flower girl. She had flower crowns. She had flower headbands. She had like little rosette embellishments on her clothes. So we were, you know, complimenting each other. We each had our own thing. But I love seeing the rosettes come back. I love how they're coming back in a little bit more of a subtle way. Like, they're definitely still maximalistic, um, but they're a little bit more subdued, and I love it. I think they're so romantic, and they're really, really pretty. Bows and ribbons will always have my heart. Um, I think it's reminiscent of, like, the whole, like, ballet core aesthetic that has been you know, super popular for a while now, but I love it. I do not care if people criticize me or judge me because the bows, wearing bows and florals or like big 3D florals, it definitely makes you a little bit more youthful, I suppose, because people often associate those things with youthfulness. Um, so yeah, when you wear ribbons in your hair or like big florals, people might be like, oh, she looks like she's 14 or she looks like she's four, like she looks like a child. But you know what? I really don't care. It makes me feel ultra feminine, very girly, love leaning into that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think everyone should embrace it. If you're into it, go for it. It's so fun for spring. It just like, I don't know, it brings me a lot of joy whenever I add a little bow to my outfit or if there's like a cute little floral moment, like a 3D rosette type floral. I love it. I think it's so fun and flirty. 
So I'm living for that. Um, another thing I'm living for is the mesh see-through type of outfits. So I've been seeing this a lot with like evening wear, people going out and wearing these types of things or people going to different events, um, wearing something that it's basically like a mesh slip or some just sort of like see-through slip and wearing like just undergarments underneath of it or layering something small underneath of it like a little bralette, um, little tiny micro shorts, something like that. But, you know, the point is just like showing lots of skin, wearing something sheer, see-through, over top, um, almost like you're wearing like a little cover-up. It is so beautiful. I live for this trend so much and I don't know, to me, I feel like it's something that fits so well within my personal style, especially like going out in the evening. I don't know if I would have the confidence to wear something like that to the grocery store, maybe, maybe on a good day. But I feel like for who I am as a person, whenever I like to go out in the evenings or like go to a fun event or something like that, I feel like I could see myself wearing something like this for a really long time. Now, yes, it's a little bit more scandalous. You are showing lots of your body, but who the heck cares nowadays? Like, I really don't care. I love that we're embracing all different types of bodies more and we're just feeling confident in our skin, confident in who we are and embracing it. Like, we're making the body a part of the fashion, you know, we're merging the two. So I really love this. I am living for this type of look for some of the concerts that I have coming up. I have a concert coming up in like two-ish weeks, which is so insane how quickly this concert is coming up. I'm going to see SZA in New York and this will be my, this is so crazy. So I believe she's playing at MSG. The last concert I ever went to was in MS was at MSG in 2019. Crazy. And now it has been several years and I am coming back in full swing and I'm so 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 excited. Um but I have a few ideas for like what I want to wear to SZA and I kind of want to do this whole like mesh slip see-through type moment for SZA. Um and I will talk about this later, like planning concert outfits, because that's like a big thing I've been, oh, excuse me. That's a big thing I've been doing lately. Um, but yes, I love that trend. Uh, kind of going off of this, the whole pantsless trend, I am living for this as well. And you better believe that this whole like um, mesh see-through slash pantsless trend, basically like wearing nothing and going out. I will be fully embracing this during the summer months whenever it gets excruciatingly hot in New York. I think that this, these trends are so on par with how we need to dress nowadays because seriously, in New York during the summertime, it's just practically unbearable with how hot it gets. Like, th there are some times during July, ugh, July and August are brutal. You go to the subway and you are just caked in sweat. It's disgusting. All you want to do is just live in your shower constantly because you just constantly feel gross. You constantly feel feel this filmy layer on top of you. It's disgusting. But I think these partaking in these types of fashion moments are going to help with 
making me at least feel less sweaty. And I love the heat. I like being warm. But yeah, the like unbearable, sticky, hot, gross, just like the dry, humid heat, don't like that. But yeah, I think these types of trends will definitely be amazing during the warmer weather months. I know that these types of trends where you're like, you know, not really wearing pants, like you're um, wearing like a leotard, but nothing covering your booty fully. The legs are fully out or like your torso is fully out, your arms are fully out, stuff like that. Like it definitely does take a lot of confidence or just like you feeling comfortable in your skin and I feel like it's normal for people to dress like this in New York because people are so experimental with their fashion. People also really don't care what others think of them. People, like I said, are very experimental. So everyone's kind of used to seeing something jarring, I guess. We're not that phased by it. But understandable if you live in like the Midwest, the middle of nowhere, and you don't really feel comfortable going out in the whole pantsless trend makes sense also too like I won't really dive into this maybe on a future episode but I know for me like growing up in purity culture with my religion it's definitely been a little bit difficult for me to um work through and unpack a lot of that stuff where if I'm wearing something and like heaven forbid my stomach my midriff which I hate that word so much um that area is exposed I still to this day have to like work up the courage to be like it's fine it's okay you're not dressed inappropriately like it's literally a stomach it's a-okay or like if I'm wearing something and my legs are showing more or like my shoulders are out more like whatever I still have to be like it's fine we're good you feel good then that's all that matters like you like what you're wearing that's all that matters we are not paying any mind to what others might be thinking you know, I'm not doing this to entice other people. I'm not doing this to sexualize myself. Even if I was, totally fine. But, you know, like unpacking those shameful, judgmental thoughts, it's a lot. But I've been working through it and I feel like I've been getting better with time. So we love that. Okay, next trend. I've been seeing a lot of like drop waist skirts and dresses and this is totally reminiscent of like the mid 2000s. I feel like these were really, really popular when I was in elementary school. Like those drop waisted dresses. I swear every, everybody, every girl had one for like a school recital or something like that or like a, like a Christmas pageant or something like that um, or your school dance. Oh my God, I literally think what year was this? I think this was my sixth grade, uh, what dance would this have been? Maybe it was a Christmas dance. My sixth grade Christmas dance. I wore this black drop-waisted dress. I think I got it from Kohl's and I think every girl knows exactly what I'm talking about. Let me just do a quick little Google search because like these dresses were everywhere. You could not escape them. Okay, black drop-waisted dress. Actually, let me put girls in my search. Girls black drop-waisted dress 2000s. Let's just see what pops up. Wait, hold on. Let me put like tank top or like camisole. Okay, I did find one on Poshmark of all places. Low-key, why would I wear this? 
nowadays. It is a black rouged dress from the brand IZ is by Amy Byer. I like, I, I remember seeing this type of stuff. Oh my god, the tags. Um, but yes, it is new with tags. Okay, that's exciting. It's $26. Do I buy this? I don't think I should. I don't, mm, it's like low-key kind of ugly. It's kind of cute. Like it has rosettes and it's rouge and it has the drop waist. So it's very trendy, but like, and it's also girls. I don't know if I would fit into this. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Anyways, but how did I get here? These, these dresses to me were like very popular during... I don't know, when I was in middle school, but I wore, I was trying to find one. This low-key looks like the one that I wore for the school dance. Um, I'll have to find a picture. I'll, ugh, I'll have to go on Facebook to do that, but anyways, so I've been seeing a lot of these types of dresses and um, skirts make a comeback, the drop waist, which is cool. I like it, and of course, they're done in a more fashionable, modern, updated way, love to see it. I feel like I've been seeing like Matilda Jerf wear a few of these dresses and like Fancy Club. I feel like they have been doing um, a lot of these dresses. So to me, they're really, really cute. Um, but it's so funny. They're just like very reminiscent of my childhood. And I'm like, oh, Kohl's. Like it's, it's giving Kohl's, but like it's giving the fashion girl who the fashion girl from the early 2000s grew up she shopped at Kohl's but now she grew up and now she's shopping fancy club so yeah that's that speaking of the 2000s peplums I've been seeing so many peplums and like bubble tops bubble dresses again your girl was I was a peplum queen I loved a good peplum I loved a good bubble skirt bubble dress bubble top I loved the volume back then um but my only thing with peplums that I don't like like some peplums I really hate some are cute and a little bit more subtle but some of them are so overt and I really hate the look of them to me there's a fine line with peplum like it can look cute and um I don't even know like I like the drama I like the subtle drama of a peplum, but I hate whenever peplums look so corporate-y because I feel like whenever I was growing up and peplums were a really big trend, everyone was dressing like they were working at a corporate office and we were in sixth grade. So I just, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again of like, although I do work full-time now, like I'm a corporate girly, I don't want to dress like I'm 40 years old, like I, like I'm a wannabe executive. I don't like that. Um, but we will see. There's like a few styles of like strapless tops that have a little bit of a peplum to them. I'm okay with that, but it's whenever we get super, super exaggerated and it just feels like office culture, I'm not living for that. Um, the bubble tops and bubble skirts or yeah like bubble dresses skirts tops anything like that you know who it reminds me of lady gaga it really reminds me of lady gaga from the 2010s because i feel like she loved a good voluminous 
skirt or a voluminous dress. Um, I had this one dress. Again, I would have to go back to Facebook for this. I think, mm, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade for this time. I was really in my fashion era during the sixth grade, apparently. Um, but I had this dress. It was silver, very metallic, and it had a bubble skirt to it. It was so iconic, and I had a matching bow that was, it was like a bow headband, and it was humongous. I think I got it from Claire's, I want to say. I was giving Lady Gaga, I was giving Lady Gaga during this time, like fame monster Lady Gaga, and I had side bangs that were very intense. My hair was straight because I was still doing that at the time, flattering my hair, um, but yeah, it was a time. Would I recreate that look today? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I like the subtlety, uh, or the subtleness of a little peplum, a little voluminous here and there, but nothing too crazy. Okay, that is that when it comes to the trends. Next thing I just want to briefly touch on, I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about this. I just wanted to briefly mention it because I've been seeing a lot of discourse on TikTok and Twitter about this. Uh, people talking about fashion gimmicks at fashion shows, like runway shows. To me, I hear my thoughts, hear my honest thoughts about these gimmicks. Basically, like the gimmicks are designers doing something that's like so eye-catching show-stopping in the midst of their show and usually a lot of times it's meant to be this like eye-catching almost like a marketing type of moment people want you the designers want you to like whip your phone out capture the capture the moment and then share it it helps give publicity to the brand to the show um, and I feel like it helps make the brand a little bit more mainstream. I don't know if this is necessarily the designer's intentions, but I feel like it seems that way when we've been seeing this time and time again. And from the brand accounts, you will see them posting these gimmicky moments for social clout. And sometimes they're great, but a lot of times they're flops and I've been seeing a lot more floppy ones lately and I'm just over it. They're boring. So I saw, I think it was at Copenhagen Fashion Week, the brand division. Um, they did this recently with like a tablecloth dress. So it was like a, well, it wasn't even like a dress. It was like a two-piece look. It was this top and then the skirt was attached to a tablecloth and the girl, she like clinked some wine glass and then she got up like paused for a second and then strutted out the room where the show was happening and her skirt the train to it was attached to the tablecloth and like all of the food and the play settings just like clanked together and it was this whole thing I really did not like that gimmick I thought it was so boring uninspired we've seen stuff like that happen before and also the thing that is like my biggest gripe with brands doing gimmicks like this is as soon as the girl as soon as the model began to walk she kept pulling at her top like trying to pull it up because it did not fit poorly i felt like the product did not look that good um 
and it was not revolutionary and stand out to me as soon as I saw it I was like oh okay like I think I was taken aback by how loud the clanging of the china was but the actual fashion itself to me did not stand out like it wasn't cool and exciting I think brand or I think designers like Scaparelli and Moschino do fashion gimmicks so well because there is that craftsmanship and they really incorporate storytelling into their gimmick and I feel like it because it ties so well into the show like the gimmick itself ties so well into the story of the show it makes me want to share it like if I feel really inspired if I feel like there's this powerful story being communicated the craftsmanship of the clothing is so beautiful I want to share that as opposed to like when I saw the division one it reminded me of something that I would see in like a gossip girl-esque show where it's like a show for teens a tv show for teens and they the plot of the show is like we need to put on a fashion show that gets everybody talking like gets the whole town talking and they do something like that. They're like, what if the grand finale of our little fashion show, our small town fashion show, is we attach a tablecloth to this girl's skirt, the train of her skirt, and she walks away. And like, to me, it just felt like something I would see in a teen show. Just saying. It didn't feel that revolutionary. It didn't, like the craftsmanship, like it didn't look good to me. So that is my thing going forward. I feel like a lot of times nowadays brands are really wanting to get um, buzz and hype surrounding their show. They want to have these social moments, which makes sense because you do something gimmicky or you create a viral moment on social media and everyone is going to be talking about your brand for at least the next couple of days. Is anyone going and running and buying Moschino and... Uh, Scaparelli probably not just because of how unattainable the brands are unless you are a fashion person a fashion connoisseur but the everyday consumer is now aware of Moschino and Scaparelli because Doja Cat wore this thing or because they had this crazy moment and everyone was turning it into a meme or just talking about it online So I understand the purpose of fashion gimmicks, but when they are done poorly, it just really makes me not like them and want to stop because I just, I don't know. I, I hate that people try to leverage like social media, like how easily impressed some consumers are are on social media I hate that they're like oh well we can just do this for a viral moment but like I would be curious to see how many people are going and buying division after that moment just curious I don't know is it like a flash in the pan type thing or are you actually garnering sales from this are you actually getting more brand recognition from this or do people not even know what designer did that little tablecloth moment and they're like oh yeah that one brand with the tablecloth thing I don't know who they are but they did that I don't know just my thoughts and opinions maybe you think differently and that's okay okay next let's move on I want to briefly talk about my whole planning my concert outfits 
As I mentioned, I am going to some concerts soon. I'm going to see SZA and then later on in the summer going to see Beyonce. And I'm very, very, very ecstatic about both of these concerts because like I said, I haven't been to a concert since 2019. And also I love both of these artists and their albums that they're touring. So can't wait for that. It's going to be such a wonderful time. But for me, I treat events like this like they're my Coachella. I treat my birthday like it's my Coachella. Like I plan the outfits. I plan the accessories. I plan the hairstyles. Like I'll make a mood board. I do not care. I love planning outfits for events like this. Like it's just, it's so much fun because then I feel like I will look back on whatever I wore to the concert and be like, oh my gosh, I remember planning that. I remember getting the outfit. I remember coming up with the ideas, DIYing this thing. Like it just, it's so fun. It, it makes it an even more memorable experience. So for SZA, I've been on the hunt to try and find something that really just speaks to me and feels like, oh, this is a SZA moment. Like I at first was like, okay, I want to wear something blue because of her SOS album cover. Like it's the water, it's the ocean, it's blue. I want something like that. But then I was like, eh, I don't know if I should box myself in and be like, I need to wear blue. I think I should just, you know, wear whatever I want to wear. Beyonce, however, for Renaissance, I definitely want to dress the part. It's like a party. It's disco. It's 80s. It's like, also people are wearing like disco cowgirl hats, cowboy hats. I'm not doing that. Here's a hot take. Here's a hot take. If any of you have been seeing people DIYing uh cowboy hats with little uh disco ball shards i think that those hats those disco cowboy hats are going to be the equivalent to the harry styles boas like how everybody and their mother at the harry style show had a feather boa nothing wrong with it but still i think that this is going to be the equivalent for beyonce nothing wrong with it i'm just saying I don't think I would do it, number one, because I don't think I could pull off a cowboy hat. As much as I love a good hat, I don't think I could pull that off. And second of all, I just don't think it's like my style, the whole disco thing. I would love a hat. I think a hat would be cool, but I, I thought about doing a cowboy hat, like decorating my own, but doing like beads on the side of it and like making it really, really beautiful. But... I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. Um, I did find a few things on Pinterest, like a few ideas. So I don't know, man. I'm just really in the planning stages of everything. But like I said, with SZA, it's coming up so soon that I'm like, I really need to get on this. I went on eBay, one of my favorite places to shop nowadays. I went on eBay yesterday and I found these two gorgeous dresses that I think I might order. And I also found shoes, not on eBay, um, to accompany them. And I think I might just pull the trigger and buy both because I feel like I will wear both for other occasions as well. Like I don't think I'm just going to wear them to the concert. I think I'll be able to wear them throughout the spring and, you know, wear them in different ways. So I think I might do that. I'm trying to like sit with it 
sit with the items in my cart for a little bit because I don't like doing impulse purchases. Um, I'm really trying to think it through. I'm trying to spend a little bit more time on Pinterest as well. Just browse the ideas, um, see what's out there. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But it's so fun. If you're going to a concert or a festival or a big event or something like that, highly encourage you just get with your friends and start planning out outfit ideas. It's such a fun time. Okay, next, the main thing that I really wanted to talk about in this episode, um, lifestyle stuff. I wanted to talk about my growing list of little luxuries in life. I've been seeing people talk about this on TikTok. They're just basically saying like, here are little things that I do in my life or little luxuries that I splurge on to just like add to my life, make my life a little bit better. Um, So I thought I would compile a short list. This is a growing list of things that I consider to be little luxuries in my life. Okay, so number one, new, new-ish thing that I have been doing, using scent beads in my laundry. Now, this is a very commonly known thing. Oh my gosh, this is nothing new and groundbreaking, but I recently purchased Draft Pink, of course they're pink, laundry scent beads, and let me tell you, adding them to my different loads of laundry, like if I'm washing my bedding or just my regular clothes, it is game-changing. I love it. First of all, the Dreft scent beads, like I said, they're pink, so of course we love. And second of all, they smell like a baby. They have this like baby scent to them. Dreft is known for being like a very gentle, um, uh, like fabric, um, gentle on fabric because you use it a lot for babies. Um, like baby clothes, baby towels, baby blankets, all that kind of stuff. But I have very sensitive skin, so I too am a baby and have to use uh, gentle products. But I love these little scent beads because they smell so fresh. To me, they smell just like they have that fresh linen smell, but it's like rose kind of. I don't know. I love it. To me, it has like that fresh baby scent to it so I think Downey has a lot of scent beads and whenever I went to Target they had all different types and I didn't get a chance to smell them because I was like I'm just gonna go with the draft ones but now I think this is gonna be my new thing like every now and then I'm gonna splurge on getting the scent beads because um they are a little expensive just gotta say of course it like elevates your laundry and just makes things smell even better but still we gotta be mindful of all that kind of stuff but I know um Downey had a ton of different scents so going to see you know which ones are the best um but so far I love the draft ones my bedding every time I get in my bed it's just oh my god it smells incredible so we love that okay next one is having cute little ice cubes I love having fun shaped ice cube trays and this is something that I'm trying to grow over time so in my freezer I have like the normal ice cube maker just like the standard square rectangular cubes but I bought these ones from Ikea and they are flower shaped ice cubes. They are so much fun. I love putting them in my drinks, but I recently found these ones on Amazon that I am waiting to purchase. I'm trying to like pace myself, but I found these ones on Amazon and they are shaped like little bears. They are the cutest things. 
I have ever seen. Now, I want to get the big cube ones that people use for like, um, like they make their own ice cubes with um, like infused fruits, vegetables. I don't know about vegetables, but whatever. Like they put like ginger in there. They put um, like lemon, chia seeds, all that kind of stuff in there. Or they will, um, I must make like, like smoothie mixtures, but then they'll make it into cubes or they will do, um, coffee. They'll do like iced coffee cubes. So all you do is just like drop it in your, you know, glass and then add milk or whatever in the world. And I just think stuff like that is so smart and I want to get more into that. And those you can use like the circular cubes or like the big square ones, but I also want to get like more decorative cubes. I've seen, there's this one girl I follow on TikTok. She has so many. It is insane. Her ice drawer in her fridge is just next level, but she has like butterfly shaped ones. She has like heart shaped ones. I don't think she has the teddy bear ones, but I'm really into it. Like I know it's just ice and it sounds ridiculous, but it's the little things. It just makes me feel a little bit fancier pulling out my cutely shaped ice cubes. Love that. Next thing, cute makeup bags or like makeup storage. I just love this because it feels like a little added personal touch. And for me, I store all of my makeup and just random beauty products or majority of them in makeup bags and pouches. And there are so many different types you can get plastic ones, leather ones, quilted ones, canvas ones. I have a canvas one that my sister got for me and it does indeed say, I'm looking at it right now, it says, I'm suffering an extreme case of not being Beyonce. So that's, you know, it's a little millennial, but like whatever, I think it's cute because, you know, love Beyonce in this household. But I want to get eventually, I feel like I need to replace my main makeup one because it does get kind of dirty. I want to get a quilted one because those you can, I feel like quilted stuff lasts forever, i.e. VR Bradley, but I feel like with those, I could throw that in the wash and get it all cleaned up nicely. The one that I have right now that isn't the Beyonce one, um, it's like this, I don't even know, nylon, like, I don't even know what material this is. It's very cute. It's like a pink metallic one, but I feel like it just gets so dirty. So eventually I will replace it. Um, probably not for a while, but I think having cute little makeup bags, it's just a fun little luxury. You whip it out and it's just, it's so cute. Anyways. Okay. Next one is going out window shopping with your friends, making it a whole ordeal. Like you guys putting on cute outfits, maybe going and grabbing a coffee, getting your little fuel, and then you go out to different stores and you get inspired. It's like doing Pinterest in real life, like looking for outfit inspiration or styling inspiration, but in real life. And it's fun. You can try on clothes with your friends if you're into that kind of stuff, or just like looking at different pieces you can like talk shit with your friends, have a little moment, have a little girl's day. But I, there's just like something about going out and not feeling this pressure to like need to buy everything. Sometimes you're just like going and observing. It's like, I don't need this. I have plenty of nice clothes and nice things. I'm just going out and getting visual inspiration. There's just something 
luxurious about that. And of course, doing it with your friends or if you want to take a solo day, I'm all for that. Um, but yeah, it just feels like kind of luxurious. You're going out and you're just, you're just browsing. You don't really need anything, not really in the market for anything. You're just simply browsing. You're keeping tabs on what the stores are putting out. Okay, next one is reading just a little bit before bed. I'm not talking like you're cramming in reading a novel before bed because you have to for school. No, no, no. This is just light reading. You have your little your little novel or you have your little self-help book or your little memoir, whatever you're reading, but you just read like a chapter or two before bed. Maybe like 15 to 30 pages before bed and that's it. It's just like a nice way to relax. No phone, no blue lights. We're just reading because we have a nice book that we're interested in and then we close that book, put it back on the shelf and go to bed. It is just like this beautiful little luxury. You're disconnected. You don't feel as attached. You you don't feel like you need to be attached to your phone. You can separate for the last little bit of your day. You're being selfish with your time and you're doing something that's good for your brain. So there's something luxurious about that. Love that. I'm trying to stay into that reading before I go to bed. I think one of the easiest ways to get into it is telling yourself you don't have to read a lot. You could literally read five pages and you will feel accomplished. Five pages. That's amazing. You don't have to read like 16 chapters. You don't have to have this like page turning all night reading moment. Just just a little bit. No big deal. It's still a great little thing that you're doing for yourself. Additionally, kind of going off of that is having tea in the evening. Now, if you don't like tea, you could open this up to any type of hot beverage in the evening, but having your little hot beverage in the evening, to me, that is game-changing. It's just a nice way to also decompress, calm down, relax. I feel like after I drink like chamomile tea, I am ready to go to bed. It helps me have a more thorough night's rest. Lately, I've been having, I think it's from the brand Tazo. It's vanilla macaron tea and oh my gosh, it sounds so luxurious, so fancy, but it's it's just delicious. It's very calming, relaxing. I love it. So yeah, I've been doing that in the evening, but love that. Another luxury is having a planner or a little notebook and bringing it out with you in person. So what do I mean by this? Let's say you're going out with your friends and you have a big enough bag that your planner or notebook will fit into it, okay? I love to bring my planner with me because it's small and compact. Um, that whenever I'm on the subway, I will whip it out. I have my music going in my ears, but I just start jotting down a to-do list. I plan out my next couple of days. Or if I was just with a friend and she was like, hey, what are you doing on Saturday? Want to like go get lunch or want to, you know, come to this thing with me? I then jot that down in my planner. And there's just something luxurious about that. I don't know if it's the sensation of being booked and busy or just like feeling organized, but I love it. You can also do this with just like a regular notebook or journal and just like jot down what's been going on in your life. Jot down what's been going on in your day. Do a little recap moment. Um, I love this. Or like if you just had like a big fun thing happen to you or like a memorable moment happen to you, just jot it down. It's like a fun little diary entry. No one has to know what you're doing. Who cares? Or also, maybe you don't commute like I do. Like maybe you're 
driving in a car and obviously you can't whip out a notebook or a planner but maybe you're waiting somewhere like you're waiting to meet up with somebody or um, you're like you're at an appointment and you're in the waiting room just take out your little notebook take out your uh, planner and use this instead of going on your phone and just you know casually scrolling to like pass the time have your little planner have your little notebook get your thoughts out on paper get a little organized catch up with yourself it's so there's like something sweet and luxurious about that okay next one is wearing hoop earrings when you work out and i have always said this that there is just something so elevating and fancy to me about wearing hoops like my little gold hoops or it doesn't have to be hoops I should say just little earrings whenever you're working out and yes of course you want to be careful we don't want to get ourselves an ear infection but if I'm going on a hot girl walk and I have a cute little workout set on or even just like a hoodie and a big puffy coat and some leggings the second I am putting sparkly little earrings in I feel like I am the bougiest girl alive. I feel like I am the fancy mom on the Upper East Side, like with my little tennis bracelet. Like I am just a million bucks. I don't know what it is about adding some shiny earrings to whatever you're wearing, but I am here for it. So that is just a just a little luxury that I love. It's amazing. Um, another thing I am so into this. This is my new thing new obsession i can't recommend this enough to people if you are someone who struggles like me with constantly feeling like you need a little something you need to constantly be unboxing something you need to be buying something new to curb that feeling to curb that addiction i'm gonna tell you what you need to do you need to get a little box basket some sort of container i don't care if it's tupperware okay or like some old bin, you are going to start a collection of anytime you get free samples or anything that's like a sample size, anytime you get a little treat in the mail, anytime you just get a little something. Someone's handing out free samples somewhere, you're going to take one of those. Obviously, if it's like food, like perishable stuff, we're not including that into this. But if someone is handing out, like you go to Sephora or you go to Lush and oh my god, okay, Here's here's a perfect example. Let's say you're going out, okay? And there's a Lush store near you. You're going to go into Lush and you're just going to be window shopping, all right? We're doing that one little luxury. We're window shopping in Lush and we're browsing the new products. We don't have to feel like we owe Lush anything. We don't have to like, you know, buy anything. Of course, if we see something and we want to buy it, we're going to buy it, Okay. But while you're there, in addition to buying whatever, or in addition to your window shopping, you're going to ask them for a little free sample. If you can get a sample of a lip scrub, or if you can get a sample of one of their body conditioners, or their little lotions, or something like that. And most of the time, they will be happy to help you. Now, here's the thing I would only advise against not doing this. If they are absolutely slammed, if they have so many people there, I would not bother the employees with that type of request. But if it's a slow afternoon, a slow day, maybe ask them. Just be like, hey, I've always wanted to try this body conditioner. Could you possibly give me a little sample to go? And most of the time, they will be like, absolutely, of course. 
And what you're going to do is you're going to go home, take that little sample, and you're going to put it in your box, put it in your little container, put it in your little basket, and you're going to put that away. Okay, we're keeping it away. Same thing with if you get free birthday gifts from like Sephora, Ulta, wherever. If you're going out somewhere and like pop-up shops in New York or any other big cities, they love to give out little freebies. You're going to collect those freebies and you're going to put them away in your little basket. Your mom or sibling or random uh, family member sends you something in the mail with like a little, a little treat, a little sticker, a little whatever. Or you get like little perfume samples in your order or little, like I said, stickers, whatever. You are going to put that in this basket, okay? And then on one of those days when you're like, oh my God, I just feel like I need something. Like I just have that itch to go out and shop. I have that itch to go out and buy something. I don't need anything, but I have this desire to like want to go out and spend money. Or it's been a long time. I want to get myself something shiny and new but there's nothing that I really need. You're going to go to this basket, go to this container, and you are going to go shopping. You're going to pick out one new little item that you forgot about that you've been collecting. And you're like, oh my God, this new little sugar scrub, this new body wash, this new hairspray. I'm going to try this out. This is my new little treat. Or like, you went somewhere and they were handing out granola bars. And you're like, oh my gosh, this, I have this little granola bar. Obviously, you don't want something that's like expired. But you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of times people give away free things and it's just fun to collect them and then have this little moment where you're like, oh, something new, a little treat for myself, get to try out something new and you really didn't have to spend any money. So it's just like a nice little boost of serotonin, a nice little thing of dopamine goes off whenever you pick out your new little prize. So I don't know. I want to start doing this. I want to just like put all of my random freebie or like random new products that I haven't tried yet. And it also just, I feel like helps you appreciate the things that you currently have. I think it might help curb the overconsumption over time. Like it might help you not feel like you need to constantly be buying something new. It's like I constantly am getting free stuff and I'm taking that for granted. So it's hopefully going to help us all appreciate the little things. So yes, that is my list of everyday little luxuries. Like I said, it's growing. I'm sure there's going to be more things that I did not even think of that I consider to be little luxuries. But, you know, we're trying to appreciate the little things in life. That is kind of my motto as of late. Just appreciating the little things, finding joy in the little moments. Okay, last I have two more things and then we need to wrap up because I have been going on and on and on, but you know what? It's been fun. We have a lot of fun things to talk about today. So obviously last weekend was the Super Bowl. Miss Rihanna was performing and she did such an amazing job. I love the performance. I'm a big Rihanna fan. Love Rihanna's music. I've really been listening to a lot of Rihanna as of late because I've just been reminded of so many hits that she has and I've just been been living for it so it got me thinking I was talking with my sister the other day and I was like I was talking with my sister and I was like who should be the next halftime performer or performers and so I told her I was like I love it whenever they do a mashup of people that make sense before they've done mashups of people who are just like complete opposite ends of the musical spectrum 
Like I always refer to that one year where they had Katy Perry and then they had like Lenny Kravitz, which I understand for the NFL or like whoever it is, if it's Pepsi, Apple, they are trying to reach a wide range of folks. They are trying to lure in as many people as possible. So they're trying to get the demographic that likes Katy Perry and then the demographic that likes Lenny Kravitz. And I understand, but I like it whenever it just all flows super well together. Like last year's performance, whenever they had a ton of people from hip hop and rap come together, they had a lot of like West Coast rappers, they had Eminem, and they all came together and it was so good. I feel like that performance just constantly was building off of each other and the genres overlapped. So, but they were like big enough artists that it's like everybody knows Mary J. Blige. Everybody knows Eminem. Everybody knows Snoop Dogg. So it just like, it made sense. Now, Rihanna, I feel like she is such a big, like she's a big enough artist that she did not need to bring out others. If she wanted to, cool. It would have been amazing. But I feel like next year, I think it would be so iconic if they had Drake. Like, he could do it himself. He really could do it himself. He has so many hits. He could do it himself. But I feel like Drake has a lot of features, so it would be great for him to bring out someone else. So I'm thinking Drake, Nicki Minaj, which I know she's done it before, but I feel like she was kind of robbed of really getting her spotlight. Like, she did it with Madonna and MIA, and it was a great performance, but I feel like it could have been better for Nicki Minaj. So Drake, Nicki Minaj, 21 Savage, because Drake and 21 Savage have been doing this whole thing together, their joint album, joint tour. And then Lil Wayne, I think would be another great addition. Lil Wayne or T-Pain would be another great addition. Now, I know Chris Brown would be kicking and screaming at this headline if he was left out of it. But I'm sorry, Chris. Like, also sorry if you can hear my stomach growling. She's being annoying. Um... I'm sorry, Chris, like maybe you should have thought twice before abusing so many women and maybe your life would look a little bit different. Maybe you would be getting invited to these types of things. So just got to say, like, yes, you have a lot of great songs. You're a very talented individual, but like your actions produce consequences. So, you know, anyways, next this, please, 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 please. This is for the pop girlies out there. This is for the pop girls, gays, and theys. I think this would be such an iconic trio, but I know a lot of people would hate this. I know all of the straight white men who watch the NFL would be rolling their eyes, they'd be kicking and screaming, but I think this would be such an iconic performance from Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande, and Justin Bieber. Mm, I think that would be so, so good. Like, yes, it would definitely be catering towards the pop girlies and maybe they could have someone else join with them. But like maybe, maybe Harry Styles. Harry Styles is massive. All of these artists are massive, but Harry Styles is massive. I don't think he's big enough that he could do it himself. But maybe if they wanted to throw him in there, I don't know. But I think Justin, Miley, and Ariana would it would be so iconic i think gen z and some millennials would be losing their minds it would be so good so yeah but i know a lot of people would not like that a lot of the main demographic of football watchers would be just 
so unbelievably pissed. They would be so mad. But whatever. I would watch it. And then I think Taylor Swift definitely could do it on her own. She would give a knockout performance. So I feel like I don't know if she would do it next year. I think they should do her or have her do it in 2025. Two solo performer, two female solo performers back to back. I think like so many people would be watching Taylor, but I think that they probably are going to want to switch it up and maybe have like multiple musical acts and then do another solo performer the following year. But yeah. So, I don't know. There's so many iconic people that they could have perform, but those are the people and the combinations of people that I think would be excellent halftime show performers. So, yeah. That's my list. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is because it's happening this week, and I really have been thinking about this a lot, is Lent. Okay, now listen, I am not Catholic. I was born and raised Christian, And never did we ever have to do Lent growing up. We never gave anything up. We never really did that. Of course, we celebrate Easter, but like Ash Wednesday, Lent, we never did any of that kind of stuff. That was, that was for the Catholics. Okay. But I love the idea of Lent. I don't know if it is my inner girl boss that just loves the idea of giving up something for 40 days, challenging myself in the name of Jesus and trying to stick with something for 40 days, but I think I'm going to try to give up something this year for Lent. I think I did last year and I do think I failed, but that's okay. Um, my two ideas, and I think I could do these both together, is number one, no TikTok in the evenings, unless it's for work related, like really trying to limit my time on TikTok in the evenings. I already have an hour time limit on my TikTok, but lately I have been ignoring that time limit every time it goes off. So I could just do that, like only go on TikTok for one hour a day because I do need to, I do need to use it for my job. If that weren't the case, I would fully give up TikTok for the 40 days. Um, but because of my job, I kind of need to stay on the app, but I feel like I could do, like, get enough of the trends and stay up to date on what's going on on TikTok by just using it for an hour, so maybe I'll do that, or just, like, don't use it in the evenings, and the other one is I want to give up days off, which means, like, you know how people say, like, no days off, and they, like, don't take a day off for working out or something like that. I kind of want to do that because lately I've been not staying super, super consistent with working out and it's one of my goals for 2023. So I know it would be a lot. It'd be very extreme for someone like myself to be doing 40 days straight of working out, but I'm not talking like 40 days of running three miles every day or doing like high intensity blah, 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 doing some crazy workout class every single day. Like maybe some days it's just a 25 minute yoga flow. Okay. I still did something. I still moved my body. Maybe it's going on an hour long hawker walk in my favorite part of the city. Okay. We still did something. We still moved our body. Maybe it is doing like a workout class or like a circuit training or something like that, or going for a three mile run. But I want to challenge myself 40 days, no days off. Obviously, if I get hurt, you gotta accommodate to the rest day, but I'm really trying to be smart about it and not get hurt. 
Um, so that's what I'm thinking for Lent. I'm trying to get creative with it. I saw someone do, like, they made, um, I think they were doing this for, like, the 75 hard or whatever in the world that thing is. They got 75 post-it notes and they taped them to their door and they took it down, took one down every single day that they completed their 75 hard challenge. So I'm like, I could do that. I have 40 post-it notes that I could stick on my desk and like take one off before I go to bed when I've completed my some sort of physical activity and being on TikTok for one hour or less than an hour. So I don't know. I kind of want to do that. And yes, like we can tie it back to religion. We can tie it back to Jesus. But if you are not religious or if you're some sort of some other type of religion or you have a different form of spirituality i think that the idea of like giving up something for 40 days or just like challenging yourself to do something for 40 days to like realign your focus is really good like getting your eyes off of yourself or like pushing yourself to sacrifice something and yeah doing that for an extended period of time i think it's good i know some weirdos and yes i'm calling them weirdos who do like fasts they will fast like literally fast for 40 days and i'm like babes that is just like unhealthy i don't like the unhealthy lent give ups where it's like i'm giving up i don't know something that's like core to you functioning as a human being for 40 days um like people who heavily restrict themselves in the sake of lent i don't like that you weirdos who are like fasting i'm like i'm not i shouldn't say weirdos like please go seek help okay but i think you know giving up something that's like a vice for you or giving up something that consumes a lot of your attention or giving up something that you know would benefit you i think that it could be a good challenge. You can relate it to religion or spirituality if you want, but no need. So that is what I'm going to be doing to Tuesday. Tuesday is Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday. It is the last day of indulgence. And then boom, we're clean. Ash Wednesday, start start of Lent. Um, Oh my God, I wonder now that I eat fish, if I should start doing fish Fridays. People do that and they don't eat people do that who eat meat regularly. I don't eat meat, period. But that would be kind of iconic if every Friday I have some sort of fish. Maybe I'll do that too. I don't know. Anyways, um, I need to wrap up this episode because it is very long, but we've had so so many fun things to talk about. I hope you enjoyed the episode and yeah, if you are trying to incorporate some little luxuries into your life, hopefully you're a little bit inspired. Maybe you're planning out concert outfit ideas now that I was mentioning it. Um, Maybe you're getting excited for some spring fashion. I don't know, but hopefully some of the random topics in this episode got, got you excited. You know, it feels like you're chatting with a friend about, I don't know, something you're interested in. So yes, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and an amazing week ahead of you. And as always, thanks for listening. 